Welcome to the 4th of July weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. That is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports First, right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. Videos drop every Monday and Friday. Once again, videos drop every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube. Also, you can search for our audio version of this podcast. It drops every Tuesday and Saturday. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Type in that search engine box. W-A-R-R on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor on all podcast platforms. You can go, you can go to our website, weareregalradio.com for details. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, including right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube at W-A-R-R Media. Thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, subscribe, and tell your friends. We have very definite opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know about that. Uh, what, what was his, uh, that politician of good times? Fred C. Davis. Yes, yes, that's who that was. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like for you guys very soon, hopefully, to give, your, uh, give us uh, our, a kind donation, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> most people, most, most folks on the third will not get that reference, Sid, so. <laughs> Go look it up on YouTube and you'll get it. <laughs> All right, we are unapologetically fun. Lakina? I'll let you start this one off. I'll ask you this question. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Think of the good news. All right. I knew you was going to say that. The good news is, as of this recording, the 48 and 32 first place Chicago White Sox swept away those hated ass talking trash underachieving Minnesota Twins. That's right. I said it. It was originally a four-game series, but uh, Monday's game was rained out. It will be made up in a couple of weeks when the Twins come back here following the All-Star break. The White Sox took care of business by superweighting the Twins early this week on the south side. They are currently playing the Detroit Tigers this weekend. Of course, we'll give you our review of of their series come uh, this weekend and their next series, I believe, at Cleveland uh, in our next episode. Mm-hmm. Lakina, uh, observing that series, of course, off the field, you have Josh Donaldson going at it with Lucas Giolito, and then Josh Donaldson decided to trash Ozzie again. The pre- and post-game host on NBC Sports Chicago's White Sox coverage. On the field, the, the White Sox uh, had enough offense, including last Wednesday's game, hitting six home runs. Gavin Sheets, the right field rookie. I'm not going to sit here and say he's the rookie of the year. No. But uh, if he's your replacement from Adam Eating Eaton, who's currently injured, I'm all for it. Yeah, I Brian mean, Goodwin. Yeah, Brian Hamilton. Brian uh, Hamilton's a good read. Sorry, uh, <laughs> scratch that from the record. <laughs> Brian Goodwin, I should say. Brian Goodwin had a couple of home runs in the last two games of that series. He's come in and done a nice job. Billy Hamilton is back. Of course, another setback, uh, but looks like a minor setback. Uh, Johan Makata injured his hand last Thursday. Uh, he is not in the lineup for this weekend series against the Detroit Tigers, but he'll be back in the lineup soon. Thank goodness. There's a bunch of trade rumors going around. We'll break that all down in just a minute. But, Lakina, let's focus in on the field with the Twins. As we said before, Lakina, and I'll say it again, 
If you're the White Sox, if you're a first-place team, you take care of business with teams that are below 500, and they did just that. They got some uh, timely hitting. They, they got some good pitching. The, those bats uh, uh, woke up. They looked alive, and, and in the way they went, they took care of business. Uh, they're, they're currently on a four-game winning streak as of this recording. And so everything's looking good. As of right now, for the for the White Sox and the Cleveland Indians are, I'm not going to say they're fading fast, but they they are beginning to fade. But I'm not calling this race over yet. But things are looking good right now, as we told you guys with with the White Sox schedule, the way it's looking right now between now and the All Star break. Well, and look, I mean, their offense came alive, like you said, Sid. I mean, you know, Grandal had 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 um, you know had some home runs. Um, Abreu, who was only had like maybe what one day, was you know had a couple of big hits and mm-hmm. and and look, I think that, that this is what you want, you know, if you're the White Sox, right? I mean, look, I, no, I don't see why anyone was freaking out about what happened a couple of weeks back. We said it before, ebbs and flows in the season. And I think like you beat a team that you're supposed to be, you swept a team that you should have been in Minnesota. I'm not going to get into that whole thing with, you know, Josh Donaldson, Lucas Giolito, apparently Lucas's dad, Rick, got in got in the middle of it too, and then Ozzy mm-hmm. was right into it. So I'm not even going to get into that because it's, it's really no, no sense in doing that. I mean, look, Zach, look, Zach Collins, that's, you know, had you know, had the uh, the the go ahead home you know the tie breaking home run to kind of break that open and for them to actually end mm-hmm. up in the series for the White Sox. I mean, look, I mean the pitching wasn't great, but it did just enough, and the offense picked up the slack. So if you're the White Sox, you gotta be feeling pretty good. You're you're playing a tiger synergy. You should be able to at the very least win the series. You know, win two out of mm-hmm. three, and look, I think you're 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 you should be in a pretty good spot. Like like you said, Sid, you know, Cleveland didn't have a very good week. We'll get to you know the the rest of the MLB in a second, but in a mm-hmm. little bit. But you know, I think if you're the White Sox, you're in a pretty good spot right now. You are if you're the White Sox. I know GM Rick Hahn, many of you White Sox fans out there on Twitter, I read some of you tweet your tweets and uh, saying that he still should make a move right now. We'll get into the uh, nuts and bolts of uh, those rumored deals in just a moment but uh i like the way this team is playing right now it, like you said like you know, it was more about the offense waking up uh in the last series uh the pitching did enough just to hold it down but i'm going back to last thursday's game of course carlos rodon was rolling until the fifth inning when the twins got back in the game but i was getting ready to ask some questions about this particular player but guess who subbed in for uh rodon on thursday mr michael callback that's right mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't pitch the best, but he did enough just to keep the Twins at bay. I like that. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt again because he's the future of your rotation. He looks your, he, he, he has your bullpen looking better on paper right now outside of your closer, Liam Hentress, who should be an all-star, by the way. He, uh, Kopech did look good. It wasn't his best, but he looked good enough to keep the White Sox in the game. And so you had almost um, encouraged by that, but... Uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, rookie Gavin Sheets, uh, if he's here for the rest of the year, so be it. If you could DFA Adam Eaton, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So him, Billy Hamilton, and anybody else that can play some decent right field, I'm all for it. And so uh, it, there's not too much you can complain about the about the White Sox in this series. The office was the uh, name of the game. They took advantage of bad uh, pitching. As I Told people the last couple of years, I'm not a fan of Minnesota's starting staff. You saw that in his series, and uh, Miguel Sanu, Nelson Cruz. I think Nelson Cruz had the had a home run in, in the first game of the series, I believe. But outside of that, he didn't kill us. Miguel yeah, Sanu, he's a shell of himself. He didn't kill us. So only person that made a minor threat was Josh, Josh Donaldson. 
Um, I'm with you. I'm going to follow your lead. I'm, we're not going to dip and dive into that. That's old news now. I'm sure it's going to be brought up again the, uh, next week when the, when the Sox go to Minnesota to play the Twins at Target Field. It'll be a bigger deal. Hopefully not, but it'll be a bigger deal once they come back here right after the All-Star break to play the Sox on the south side. But offense was the name of the game. Hopefully the, they can stay hot between now and the All-Star break. As you mentioned, they play uh, the Detroit Tigers this weekend. And so you need to pile up the wins as possible. I know some people fear Cleveland getting back in the race. As I said before, and I'll say it again, and we said this before the season started, Cleveland's going to make this look good. They're going to stay competitive because of their manager, Terry Francona. I know Josh Naylor, I believe the outfielder was injured last week, and he's going to be out, I believe, for the year. And so Cleveland's yeah. going through their struggles too. And I know they're playing in their current series at home against the Houston Astros this week. I know they lost on Thursday. But Cleveland's going to make this look good, but I don't see them as a real challenge to the White Sox. And Rick Hahn, the GM, he's going to make some moves. I, I believe he's still going to be closer to the trade deadline. But this Sox team, trust me, folks, they will not be the same in the next three, three and a half weeks. Then It's not going to be the same. I mean, we just have to be patient, and hopefully uh, Rick Hahn makes the right moves. Well, yeah, especially with Robert, apparently, Robert, apparently he is going to be – you know, he's going to get approved you know, for baseball activities. Mm-hmm. It still could be a while before we may even see him back, you know, before he even does a rehab mm-hmm. assignment. So, you know, that's something to look out for. Um, Eduardo Escobar from the Diamondbacks, that's the name that's being floated around, you know, among White Sox. Mm-hmm. Supposedly there was a trade already put in place, but, uh, you know, but then again, there are other teams that are after him as well. So mm-hmm. if you're with Han, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what, what, what happens here until who are going to be the contenders. So you got about a week left before the all-star break. So, you know, this is going to be like peak, you know, teams shocking for position. And also too, Lakina, as I said before on this program, blockbuster deals rarely get made before July 4th. You know why? You want to know why? You really want to know why? Mm. I know so many folks are waiting for the answer. <laughs> the price well, is too high. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> The price is too high. If you saw that report like I did, Lakina, uh, it was reported that Escobar was, uh, was uh, offered to the White Sox for Zach Collins and and Jake Berger. Jake Berger, yeah. yeah uh, I know Jake Berger's up here this week to replace McConnell on, on the roster because McConnell's hurt with that hand. Yeah. But Zach Collins is your catcher for the future. I know Yasmani Grandon didn't make the all-star team via the starter, which voting ended early on Thursday. But and, and Yasmani doesn't have the numbers in terms of batting average, but he makes an impact on the base pass, at least drawing walks and occasionally hitting for power. I get that. But Zach Collins is your future for the White Sox at catcher. I'm not giving him up. Jake Berger and a couple of these other outfielders and other prospects, fine. I'm not giving up Zach Collins. Hmm, and but nor should, I nor should you. Nor exactly. Should you. It's, it's good. But, mm. but, the, but then again, you know what? I mean – if you if you're talking about if you're in this win now mode, you may have to give up one of your top guys, mm-hmm. you know, in order to kind of you know make a deal happen. So you know that these teams are not just going to give you know the Escobars mm-hmm. and the Max Scherzers. They're not going to give those guys up for free. So it's going to be interesting to see who else is going to be out there for the White Sox to be able to try to trade for. And also too, I heard a, heard this name that was brought up in, around a couple of people via the Twitter. I'll bring this guy's name up now. And he actually had a couple of big hits in the series against the Twins. That's Andrew Vaughn. If you really want to part with him, I know he was originally drafted and brought up here to replace Jose Abreu before Abreu signed that 
contract a couple years ago. Uh, if it if it was the right deal for a Max Scherzer or somebody of that statue, would you part would you uh part with him? Me personally, I wouldn't if it was the right deal. Well, you know, I know people still want to bring up Fernando Tatis Jr. and and what happened there, but you know, hey, it is what it is. If you're in, look, if you're in this win now now some now mode scenario, unfortunately, you're going to have mm-hmm. to maybe perhaps part with one of your top prospects in order to get a deal done. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if Rick, you know, what Rick Hahn decides to do. I mean, he's in a he's in a good situation, but he also is in a tough tough situation because he's good, probably going to have to maybe part with one of his top guys. So, who knows? Yeah, it's just my fear is, uh, I'm using this in air quotes, fear that uh, whoever the player is, that Rick Hahn is going to give up the entire farm system. I don't think he's going to do that, but that pessimistic fear of mine is behind, is right around my head somewhere. I trust that he's that he's going to make the right deal, but as we said before in our last few episodes, the, the White Sox don't has, have as many prospects as you think they have. So as you mentioned, Lakina, if they're going for it now, you had to part with a couple of your pieces, not the whole farm system, but a couple of your pieces and maybe one or two guys off your current roster. We'll see. But uh, if you want to make a, make an impact deal to go to the next level, yeah, you will have to couple uh, part with one or two of those prospects. Oh, we'll just see what Mr. Han decides to do. So let's go to the North side of town for a second, Sid. Um, you know, unfortunately the Cubs got swept by the Brewers. Early this week, they're playing in Cincinnati for a three-gamer right now. As we speak, they're six and a half out of the NL Central. And, you know, they're already folks that are sort of, like, giving up that, you know, that Jed Hoyer should just, you know, start, you know, getting ready to trade guys and such. What, what say you? I had that same thought this morning. That I know where you're kind of going with this, but I'll let it out in my own way. What did I say in our last episode, Lakina, about the Cubs in that series against the Brewers? Don't get swept. That's basically what you said. Exactly. And they got swept. But what did I say if that happened? What did you say? I forgot. <laughs> my I said age, that Milwaukee... My old age, Milwaukee, my, my old age is, my old, old age is catching up. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, I said that Milwaukee will feel good about themselves, but I don't think this race is over. Is Milwaukee a very good team? Yes. Do they scare you? No. If you're the Cubs, yes, you have to get back on track and get back on track quickly. We said that the schedule uh, leading up to the All-Star break is very important. Now, looking at in, in, inside the numbers of this series against the Milwaukee Brewers, Brewers, you could make a case for all three of those games, but at least two out of those three games, you had a chance to win, including the Thursday one, which was a killer. Ugh, well, uh, they, you led 7 nothing off of Ashby, uh, who made his debut out of AAA, and you couldn't pile him on any more runs. Of course, Jake Area, as we told you guys on the show, uh, he's not the pitcher that he once was. Uh, he had a good streak in April, hot streak in April, but uh, the rest of the time, uh, it's been a shell of himself. You, we saw that on Thursday. But uh, going back to our last episode, I said the Cubs – you couldn't afford to fall six games back, but if you did, the season's not over because, as you as you mentioned, Lakina, they're playing the Cincinnati Reds on the road for three. And if you don't get up for that series, something's wrong with you. And of course, you come back home next week, starting Monday, to face an underachieving Philadelphia Phillies team for four straight games. Uh, you have before this time next week when you host St. Louis, you have seven games. The worst you could do is go four and three. I expect this team still to have a winning record 
at, by the time we hit the airways next week. So if, if the worst you could do was four or three, you're still in pretty good shape. This team has got to go at least five and two to be realistic. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, if you want to go by schedules, like you said, Sid, I mean, this is sort of the time to try to, you know, get back on the ship here. I'm not one of those folks that say, you know, hey, let's trade, you know, trade Rizzo, trade Bryant, start trading everybody. Look, this, this, look, the NL Central is still winnable. You go, you look by the schedule with the Brewers. Yes, they're finished up a four gamer against Pittsburgh. I know they won on Thursday, seven to two. But they got three against the, the Mets and they got four against the Reds. You, if you can look, if there's a chance they can still kind of like, you know, get to, back to that mark where like, you know, they could be in a losing situation. But if you're the Cubs, try to get to five and two, maybe gain a couple of games where you get to the All Star break and you'll be right there in that division. The Brewers are not, does not, the Brewers don't scare me at all. I'm sorry, they don't. Mm-hmm. The Brewers and Cubs, I've been saying this, they're very similar, they're mirror images of each other. Right now, right now the Brewers got the edge, but I'm not going to give them the division just yet. There's still a, a there's still a, a shot here for the Cubs. There's still an opening for the Cubs. Now they got to get their guys right. They got some guys in the DL right now. Some mm-hmm. of those guys are starting to come back. Also, too, I think they have. Yes, the schedule's a little bit tough, but I think it's very winnable. You can you can you can win the series against Cincinnati. You can win the series against Philly before the All Star break. It, it's there for the taking. And I think if you're the Cubs, you know you got to have kind of get back on track and try to get to that, you know, that mode that I think, look, that I think you can, because look, I, I've said it before, and we've been saying this for, since the season started, this central, this central division is very winnable. You could probably put mm-hmm. St. Louis out of misery next weekend by the time we reconvene. So your, your best bet is to hope that they, you finish 500. At the, very, at the very worst, you want to finish maybe six and four in this, you know, these last 10 games where they also break, try to, Try to gain a couple of games against the the Brewers so that you can be right there to compete in that the, in the division at the All Star break. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second Series Second City Sports for <laughs> the July style, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. I am not drunk, folks. Uh, we just get a little <laughs> excited around here as we talk about the Chicago Cubs. Lakina, uh, I'm still. Uh, if you're a Cubs fan, you should be very concerned. Of course. Uh, you can say, well, they were supposed to be hyped up for the Brewers series. They were, but they just got outplayed. It happens. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and it's happening at the wrong time, obviously, especially given them where they are in their schedule right before the break. But it's still not over yet. You, uh, even though Cincinnati uh, is a, it's a rivalry, too, in your division, you, you should take care of business against them. And you should have no problem against Philadelphia. The worst you can do is split those four games. Realistically, I believe they'll split those four games, but if you take at least three out of four, you should be okay. Now, getting back to the <clears throat> excuse me, the players, of course, Anthony Rizzo has been nicked up. Chris Bryant has been nicked up. Uh, Jake Arrieta, I heard a couple of people talking on the radio over the last 24, 40 hours or so that the Cubs should suggest him to go on, on the disabled list. Uh, RIP to the late great Hall of Fame, basketball Hall of Fame GM Jerry Krause. Uh, make up an injury. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind the Cubs doing that because you know, assuming that they keep their head above water, above 500 between now and the All-Star break, as we said before, they need a, a, a starting pitcher anyway. Yep. And so to make room for it, you had to do something like this. You got to be creative, I think, if you're Jed Hoyer. And, yeah. And look, I think, look, I, look, I'm not one of those, like I said before, we're not one of those people that feel that the Cubs should, you know, start selling and selling and selling. I've, I, I know, 
look, I know there have been some people that have said that they should, but again, look, that, that division is very winnable whether people like to mm-hmm. admit it or not. So, look, I think if you're – look, who's out there, though, if you're the Cubs? If, if you, you need another starting another starter, starting pitcher, who are you going to get? And I think that's sort of the million-dollar mm-hmm. question. Who's out there that, that the Cubs will be able to get and who, can get, who they can get for the cheap? Yeah, will it be um, Joe Barrios from um, Minnesota? Will it be Madison Baumgartner for Arizona? I doubt it. But who else is out there? If there, if there isn't, yeah. so I, I don't See, know. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. <clears throat> I was thinking about this this morning. If you're GM Jed Hoyer, of course you can't pull the plug just yet. No. I got to see how this team plays this weekend into next week. And, of course, you, as you mentioned, Lakina, this time next week we'll be wrapping up the first half of the season. They have three big games at home against St. Louis. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a above 500 record going into the break, everything's out on the table. I'll say this. If you're six games or under in terms of trailing in a division, you're okay, obviously because of the wild card. But if you're seven, but definitely eight, nine, ten, eleven games back, I don't care what you do coming out of the All-Star break. It's time to blow this team up. Let me say this again. If you're six games or less trailing in a division, you're okay. If you're eight, nine, ten games back, it's time to break this thing up. Could have said it better. Could have said it better myself, Sid. <laughs> uh, well, you look like it's like great minds think alike. You listen to Second City Sports along with Sydney Brown. I'm Lakina McGee, our 4th of July edition of our great show. Now, Sid, what impressed you the most this week in MLB? Or what, what kind of weird stuff that didn't, you know, that, that made you go, did you scratch your head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to give props to the Atlanta Braves. They took uh, the last yeah. two games out of three against the New York Mets. Wednesday's game, they piled on 20 runs. Yeah. And last Thursday, they defeated Jacob DeGrom, the unstoppable Jacob mm-hmm. DeGrom. Uh, they won uh, courtesy of Freddie Freeman's uh, game-winning RBI off a of closer Lugo for the Mets mm-hmm. and went off his right leg. Uh, they won the game for Atlanta. So Atlanta, uh, one of the few teams to beat Jacob DeGrom this year. So Atlanta, as we talked about before, Lakina, the NL East race, I believe, is still up for grabs. Atlanta's been struggling all year long. They're not at 500 yet, but they're itching closer. So it was important for them to take uh, these last two games earlier this week from the New York first place New York Mets. Yeah. I know the Washington Nationals are in the second place technically, but I'm yeah. still not a believer in them. I know Kyle Schwarber, the former club, Chicago Cub, he's on fire. But I'm not a big believer in them. No, I'm I, not. Yeah. Well, look, like I said, that like the Central, I think that NL East is still very much open, you know, with the Central maybe for the Marlins. Everyone else in that division, you know, the Mets, the Nationals, the Braves, the Phillies, they're all four. Those four teams, I really think that division is there for the taking. I think, look, it's going to be interesting to see who makes those moves, you know, before the all before um, the trade deadline, I should say. So they all, look, all these teams got to play each other still in the second half. They're going to be doing it a lot. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what, you know, what the sub is going to be for that. And also, too, let's show some love to Shohei Otani of the yes. Anaheim Angels. Yeah, right? It was supposed to be a four-game series uh, uh, with the Angels and Yankees uh, this past week, but uh, Thursday's game got rained out. It will be made up later on in the season. But during that short three-game series, I believe Otani had three home runs. I watched some of that game live via my computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, – he, as we said before, he, as of right now, he's your front runner for uh, America League Most Valuable Player. 
I, I know he's a starting pitcher as well. He has okay numbers there. But uh, his hitting is impressive to me. And he's making you forget right now that Mike Trout is out for the next few weeks. So am I saying that the Anaheim Angels are destined to make a run for the wild card? No. But Shohei Itani is a must-watch right now for Anaheim. Yeah, I know he didn't have his best pitching performance against the, against the Yankees, but mm-hmm. like, he allowed seven runs, you know. But the weird thing is that, you know, the Angels actually ended up winning that game. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that, that, just, just a little, like, you know, I think that's just the second time ever that two two teams, you know, the Yankees and the Cubs, you know, lost 7-0 mm-hmm. leagues and end up losing the game. But that's uh, that's another story that, you know. Whether- yeah, I watched that game, too, that, that game uh, last Wednesday. Yeah, Anaheim was uh, it was after a 42-minute rain delay. Anaheim was trailing eight to four yeah. going into ninth inning. Aroldis Chapman, former Cub, former mm-hmm. World Champion with the Cubs, uh, gave up a grand slam to. I'm not looking this up. I'm just going off of memory here. Mm-hmm. Oh, help me out, look here. No, 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 my age is showing. Oh, uh, no, I know. Uh, I know the right. rookie. The, the, oh, Jared, Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh. Jared yeah, Walsh. Walsh. Yeah, he hit, hit the grand slam. Yes, memory's still good. It just takes mm-hmm. a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Jared Walsh, who they brought up to replace Albert Pujols, who they let go, uh, he hit the hit that grand slam. Of course, it was a part of a seven-run ninth inning. Uh, the uh, the Yankees, as we transitioned over to uh, the AL East, uh, the Yankees. I know they're two games above 500 as of this recording. Uh, they're not looking good right now. Uh, is it a real possibility that they could miss the playoffs? I believe so. Corey Kluber now is being reported that he won't return till September. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, you may be out of the race by then. I don't think that, uh, I think you'll be out of the division race by then. But I don't know if you're gonna be in the wild card race. Because at least the way they're playing right now. Look, there's a lot of gym that wild card spot right now. You got mm-hmm. the you got the the Rays. I think um, I think Cleveland's there too. I believe, and also Oakland. So you're gonna have to compete those mm-hmm. teams. Yeah, I think Toronto's also going to play a factor yes. as well. I know, I know they they had their struggles in the last you know few days this week, but you know, yeah, I think they're still going to be in the running. So I, there, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot on the AL wild card. And look, I, I'll, I'll give Boston credit. They've won seven in a row as of this recording, and they're still mm-hmm. they're still right there. Now, can they hang on? We'll see what happens after the All Star break, but. I mean, I think if you told me that the Red Sox would be leading the AL East in, you know, the first week of July, I would have thought you were crazy. Yeah, as I said before, I don't like the Red Sox starting pitching. I know you have Nathan Evaldi. I know you have Rodriguez. They've been doing okay. I know Chris Sell has been throwing off the mound. Or, um, he's just started throwing off the mound early this week. Of course, most of you don't know. He had Tommy John surgery. He missed all of last season. And hopefully he'll make a comeback sometime after the All-Star break. So there'll be a big addition to their pitching staff. But I, I still not a believe in Boston. Tampa Bay still hanging around there. So, uh, like you said, it's going to be a long jam. The Yankees may be uh, the team that's, uh, that's uh, looking uh, looking upwards. And I don't think this may be a hole to dig out of. I know GM... Brian Cashman for the Yankees had a press conference before one of the games against Anaheim earlier this week saying that they're not panicking. Yes, they're working their way out of it. And he's given manager Aaron Boone a vote of, a vote of confidence. But uh, if they don't get it together soon, I know they have Boston again, I believe, coming out of the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. If they can't get it together within these next two and a half weeks, you may not have no choice but to sell out some of your parts. Will Aaron Judge be traded? Who knows? And who else uh, has any any value? Because that's still in from uh, parts of that roster still an older team. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting if the Cashman say he doesn't want to make any you know big you know 
you know, sort of, you know, want to make any snap decisions, but they may not have a choice though at this point if they don't catch up soon. But also the Dodgers, I mean, they're still they're only a half game back of the Giants. You know, they actually swept their mini two gamer early this week. I watched some of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Gi- uh, people may call the Giants fools gold. They may be as far as the division winners concerned, but they they're I believe they're still going to be hanging around for a wild card. So. It 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 will be interesting to see what the Giants management uh, does uh, during the trade deadline because yeah. I don't think that team is going away. And also, you have uh, San Diego uh, as far as uh, in the in a West Division race is concerned as well. They certainly got hot as well. Yeah, that's a, that's also an older team, and so you got to think Gabe Kepler. We we've been saying before, he you got to think he is definitely going to be in the running for mm-hmm. NL Manager of the Year along with Rossi. So, but look, I think. We'll see. I mean, I know the Dodgers, they got the Nationals. They won their game on Thursday. You know, it was cut short because of the rain that hit that area mm-hmm. in the Mid-Atlantic. But, you know, we'll see what, you know, I know Muncie had a, a grand slam that kind of broke that game open before it was called mm-hmm. due to rain. So, uh, it'll be interesting what the Dodgers do. I, I think the Dodgers are sort of – because they're getting some of their guys back too. So, I think their Dodgers are kind mm-hmm. of starting to, you know, show those signs of the team we've seen the last couple of years, especially from last year's World Series team. So, mm-hmm. We'll see what they do. Look, I, I still say the Giants are going to hang around, though, I think. They may not. I don't think they're going to hang out for the, 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 the West and National League West, but I think they'll be right there for a wild card spot. I agree. Also, too, uh, on the bad side, uh, we talked about the Cleveland Indians. I know they're currently playing the Houston Astros at home uh, this weekend, but they had trouble against the all of a sudden the resurgent Tigers who <laughs> playing the White Sox as we speak this weekend. Resurgent Tigers, yeah, there, there's some that we never. <laughs> resurgent Tigers, yeah, there's a there's a phrase we haven't heard, right, Sid? I mean, the Resurgent Tigers. Yeah, exactly, but, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be like I said, it's gonna be very interesting. Like I said before, we got we got a week before, yeah, you know, before every you know for the All Star break, so it's gonna be interesting to see how these teams are gonna. By the time we reconvene next week, Sid, like it's gonna be interesting to see where these a lot of these standings are gonna be. Will there be a little bit of you know getting closer? Will there be there'll be some flippage? Who knows? Yeah, just before we move on, let's take a look at the schedule for this weekend. So we we refer to some of the games. We'll run them down for you again as a, as a we uh, enjoy our fourth of July fourth of July holiday weekend. Of course, San Diego's at Philadelphia to take on the Phillies, the Dodgers, and Nationals. Uh, as Lakina mentioned, uh, for those of you listening on our audio version of the podcast, uh, there will be one of three games on Fox Saturday Baseball tonight. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have the Brewers and the Pirates this weekend. Mets and Yankees, uh, the Yay! Battle of New York, is taking Subway place this weekend. Big, yeah, Subway Series time. Yeah, get your tokens. I don't know if they use tokens anymore. But. I doubt they use tokens. It shows you how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you, uh, uh, you have Tampa Bay at Toronto. That's in Buffalo, New York. Big series for both teams there, especially Huge. for Toronto. Yes. Of course, the White Sox Tigers. Uh, of course, Cubs and Cincinnati Reds, Astros and Indians. There'll be the other game uh, going on tonight on Fox for Fox Saturday Baseball. Marlins at the Braves. Hopefully the Braves can take care of business there. Minnesota at Kansas City. St. Louis at Colorado. Baltimore at uh, Anaheim to take oh. on the Angels. Of course, Baltimore, congrats to them. They swept the Houston Astros earlier this week. Yay. And, of course, the, the number one game for Fox this week will be Boston at Oakland. That's tonight on Fox. And, of course, this uh, the series wrapping up this weekend for 4th, July 4th, San Francisco at Arizona, and then Texas at Seattle. And for those of you who are wondering, it will be the Mets and Yankees that are getting the Sunday night baseball treatment. So you can check that out, all your New York teams, to see who will be getting a little some bragging rights there in, in, the, yes. in the Bronx. 
Yes. You're listening to Second City Sports Weekend Edition for your 4th of July holiday weekend. Hoping you're enjoying that. You're staying safe. Don't do anything stupid. <laughs> Along with Lakina McKee, I am Sydney Brown. Lakina, let's wrap this first segment up uh, uh, talking about the NBA playoffs. The, the conference finals, as we said in our last episode, is winding down. Let's say congratulations to the Phoenix Suns, your 2021 Western Conference champions. They defeated the Clippers in six games. They are on their way to the NBA Finals. Congratulations to point guard Chris Paul. He finally has reached the summit or, or on playing his first, uh, making his first NBA Finals appearance. Of course, let's review the last two games quickly, Lakina. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last two games of the series, uh, it, it was classic. Of course, the Clippers beat the Suns in Game 5 last Monday, 116-102. to 102. Paul George had a personal, personal career playoff high in 41 points. But, of course, the Phoenix Suns came back and dominated the Clippers in a second half, defeating the Clippers on the road, 130-103, to to take the Western conference title. Chris Paul had a personal career high of 41 points. Lakina, I cannot blame Paul, Paul George for the Clippers losing. You, you can attribute that to a couple things. Kawhi Leonard's injury, and number two, they just ran out of gas. Yeah. And yeah. Phoenix was a better team. Yeah, and I think that you pretty much covered it. Today. I think the fact that, you know, they're just... It, okay. I, my son, look, my nephew, look, my nephew, who's a big fan of Kawhi, you know, he was, you know, not in the... He just, he mm-hmm. just left, so he vis- came and visited, so he wasn't in a very good mood because he's a big Kawhi fan, and I'm like, I, I just don't know what happened. And look, got- no, Real quick, Lakina, does, does your nephew think that... Uh, I don't want to open a can of worms, but uh-huh. I'll do it just because it's us and we're family. Okay. Does he think that... Does he want Kawhi Leonard on the Bulls? Oh no, he—he he even. I don't even think that's even crossed his mind. That hasn't crossed his mind. Okay. Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> don't put that in his brain. <laughs> Go ahead. I won't even mention it. So he hasn't even brought it up. But yeah, I mean. Oh, good, good, like, good. Yeah, I mean, look, look you can look. You PG. I know people are gonna be saying, "Yo, play off PG." Where was he? Look, I mean, there was no. Like there, there was. You know, they just didn't have him. And then I think, look, you commend, you know, all those guys for grinding out for that win against Utah in the semis but mm-hmm. it just it just it just ran out of gas like you said Sid and look I think Marcus Morris senior he had 26 which was you know a playoff high for him and it, it just it just didn't matter like Pat Beverly completely lost it pushing you know shoving you know CP3 I'm like really like and well I, I that was just dumb yeah and I look I wasn't you know what you were kind of in my way I wasn't trying to push you like okay like you know Devin Booker was right side, but whatever but you know nice way to uh, separate that's uh, remember the Chicago there P-Bev, but that's another story but I, I mean look you look I mean congrats to the Suns they totally earned it this is their third trip to the finals mm-hmm. hopefully you know, third time will be the charm for them and they can win it look CP3 really wants this you know 41 points like you said so it's a playoff best you know playoff you know best for him you know he and look he and Monty Williams they've been through a lot you know they you know mm-hmm. yeah shout out to Monty Williams too we've been giving props to him all year on this show yes yeah I mean look I mean you know they go back to their days in New Orleans you know CP3 helped him go you know, go through you'll know, get through the loss of his wife the sudden loss of his wife and you know they, mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah they yeah they clashed for a little bit but they got close as the years go on and look you you, you, you get older and you, you know you grow and you evolve and change so that that's pretty cool yeah and that's pretty cool. And look, I mean, look, Jay Crowder had 19. You know, got to give them props. You know, Devin Booker has become the star in the playoffs. We talked about him. DeAndre Ayton, you know, showing his worth. You know, he had 16. Uh, I, I mean, in that, that clinching game, I mean, look, I think the Suns, look, we told folks about the Suns. 
Now, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, none of us, in our playoff preview, none of us had the Suns going to the, going to the finals, <laughs> unfortunately. But, look, we all said that we don't be surprised if that, if that did happen. And, look, I know people want to put an asterisk on these playoffs because of the injuries and whatnot, but the Suns are definitely a team where you can say they've definitely earned their spot in the NBA Finals. Yeah, and I, I remember saying this a while back that I think they were a piece of way, and maybe they still are a piece of way for me really dominating the Western Conference for years to come. It depends on what happens in, um, during the NBA Finals in the next couple of weeks. But you, you had to give it up, as I, as we said, to head coach uh, Monty Williams. Besides Chris Paul, who's made a real difference on that team, Devin Booker has been on fire all seasons, definitely in these playoffs. And hopefully more people are starting to pay attention to him. You haven't watched these NBA Finals. But DeAndre Aiden's starting to come in his own right now. He's been MIA the first couple of years yeah. in the league, but but not but not this year, of course. We talked about campaign. Of yep. course, uh, we can blame Jim Ball and all we want to for his struggles here in Chicago, but he's found the, the right situation. He's the perfect backup to Chris Paul. In those couple of games that Chris Paul missed, he stepped up. Of course, Mikel Bridges has been doing it as well. You mentioned Jay Crowder. He's been there before uh, with Cleveland, with LeBron. Of course, he was with Boston, a couple other winning teams, playoff teams. So he's a veteran that's been there before. But Phoenix has the perfect mix of young talent and key veterans. And that's yeah. what's gotten him through. Of course, CP3 still has that shoulder injury, but he hasn't bothered him one bit. No, you tell that you. Know, I think he's and Devin kinda, Booker's broken nose. <laughs> yeah, I'll say I'm still wearing the goggles too, and not wearing the goggles. Yeah, not even wearing the goggles. But yeah, I mean, it'll, this will be the, his first finals in 1214th game of his career. That that'll be his first trip to the finals. Mm-hmm. That's the second, you know, that's the second like most in the career of a player's first ever finals behind only Kevin Willis. That was 1429 for him. So that's a that's another. He weird. had a long, great career, Kevin yeah. Willis. I believe very he lasted underrated. twenty years. Yeah, very yeah. underrated. So yeah. And he was good on those Atlanta teams back in the eighties. They just couldn't get over the hump. They had to go through Boston, then Detroit. And of course, when Chicago and came up Bulls, in the nineties, yeah. that team was that that team was uh, old, and they were traded, including Dominique Wilkins. I, uh, real quick, I remember that that I was at an after school function in grade school with the night that Dominique got traded to the LA Clippers. Remember, that was the year that Michael quit. Yes. In 94. And Atlanta had the best record in the East for sure. I don't know in the league, but definitely in the East for sure. It was between them and the Knicks, and I believe the Pacers at that time. And of course, Orlando got up there too afterwards when Penny Hardaway, the rookie at the time, got in the starting lineup. But it was a shock that uh, Dominique Wilkins, uh, your team was at number one spot in the East, and Dominique Wilkins gets traded. To the Clippers. To the Clippers of all teams. I still couldn't. I still couldn't figure that one to save my life. But uh, uh, that, going that, back that to that still the, made uh, that still made no sense. You know, making the Clippers. Yeah. yeah, that's one of those sort of times where you just yeah. you forget that that even happened. <laughs> yeah, but but getting back to uh, today's uh, present time, you know, congratulations to the Suns again. Uh, they deserved it, and, and let's see what they do in their finals. I'll be cheering for them. And as we wrap up this first segment of the weekend edition of Second City Sports, let's go uh, quickly review the Easter Conference Finals between the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, Game 6 is tonight on TNT at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Let's review Games 4 and 5. Quickly, Lakina, Game 4, Atlanta defeated the Bucks 110-88. Of course, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, 
hyperextending his left knee. He did not return to that game, of course. Trey Young didn't play as well. True Holiday led Milwaukee with 19 points in that game. Lou Williams led Atlanta with 21. It was nice to hear from him again in terms of Lou Williams. And, of course, uh, on Thursday, last Thursday night, uh, the Bucks. Uh, Returned to favor at Fight Surf Arena. They defeated the Hawks 123 to 112. Brooke Lopez led Milwaukee with 33 points. Bogdan Bogdanovic uh, led Atlanta with 28. Lakina, uh, maybe one or both of those players are talking about Trey Young and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't know if Giannis is going to is going to play tonight, but if Trey Young plays tonight, that's going to give Atlanta a boost. If it doesn't. Uh, the result that I just read to you from Thursday, it may happen again tonight in Atlanta. Well, well and look, you know, Brooke Lopez and Bobby Porter's, you know, with the playoff highs for them. And, mm-hmm. and look, I think this is sort of one of those times when both teams lose their superstars, but yeah, it depends on who's supporting cast step up. And unfortunately for the Hawks, I know that, you know, Bogdanovich had, you know, 28 and Gallinardi, you know, now with his hair, looks like, actually looks like it's a decent, you know, it's a decent spot now. Had, he had 19 off the bench. Mm-hmm. That was just, you know, Clint Capella, where were you, dude? I mean, Kevin Herter, <laughs> I mean, where, where were you? You only had eight points. Yeah, so. yeah. And so I think that, look, hopefully maybe, you know, Trey Young will be able to play because if not, they, the Hawks better step, the Hawks role guys better step it up because this is going to be a very similar thing to happen you know, in game six, and you'll end up being, you're going to end up going to the golf course, guys. Yeah, like like you say, who who wants it more? Who's going to be the healthiest? Who comes out more uh, of the aggressor tonight for game six? Whoever does that first and, and can sustain momentum, that's the team that's going to win the game. I, I believe it's on Milwaukee's side, obviously, because they have the 3-2 series lead. But I know that Atlanta has the home crowd, and that should give them an extra boost. But if Milwaukee executes, and executes down the stretch, they're going to uh, take game six. I expect them to do that tonight, whether the Stars play or not. Well, look, we've, had, we've seen a lot of strange things happen in this series. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, you know, I don't expect nothing, nothing different, you know, tonight. I mean, it's, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see what they, what they do with the Hawks. You know, can the Hawks, will they have an answer for, can some of their world guys step up? You know, I, I think mm-hmm. that there's going to be that mindset where, uh oh, we could actually end up losing the series and, you know, our season, our season mm-hmm. could end. So it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. You talk about Clint Capella. Where's John Collins? He's been very good for the Hawks in these playoffs. I mean, he had, he had 19, you know, but yeah, he did mm-hmm. miss some, he did miss some, you know, some key shots late. So that could, that's sort of like, you know, maybe a, a thing there. But, you know, they need, to, they need to also improve on their three-point shooting, too. They were 39%. That's not going to work against, especially if you're trying to face a Bucks team. You weren't able to take advantage of that. That was that another team that was struggling for the three-point line. You weren't able to take advantage of it. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I think, look, don't be surprised that Atlanta does end up winning nine. This goes to a game seven. If you're the Suns, you're probably just chilling because you're going to be nice and fresh. And whoever yeah. <laughs> that series is going to be exhausted. And especially, it's going to be, mm-hmm. if the Bucks do win, will they have anything left in the tank? So, because they, they had to go seven against the Nets. Now they, they're going to go six, maybe seven against the Hawks, a team that some people thought they should have swept. So, I don't know. It's going to be, that's going to be very interesting. All right, let's take a pause for the calls. This 22nd timeout is brought to you by Second City Sports. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as the weekend edition of Second City Sports continues with hometown girl, Miss Rachel Kopchak, the host of 
the House of Hockey podcast. We'll talk everything, not just hockey, but everything else in between. You, you know how we like, we like to do here at Second City Sports. We'll have a whole lot of fun with her. It's been a while since she's been on this program. So for Lakina McGee, I'm Sydney Brown. Stay tuned. We'll see and hear you on the other side. Welcome back to the second half of the 4th of July weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. Videos drop every Monday and Friday. Once again, videos drop, excuse me, every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. And you can go to the audio version of this podcast at War on Anchor. Once again, at W-A-R-R on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. W-A-R-R on Anchor. You, you can go to our website, weareregalradio.com for more details. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we have very definite opinions. <laughs> Pardon my black Richard Nixon. <laughs> but uh, to kick off the second half of the program, we have a very good friend of the show, Chicago's very own, and my future ex-wife. <laughs> she, is the host, <laughs> she is the host of the House of Hockey podcast, and she's also a reporter and part-time actress. We'll get into that. And she, she's a versatile uh, media personality. Let's please welcome back to the program, Miss... Ray Ray, Rachel Kopchak. Rachel, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for the applause. I love it. I, I don't get that very often. So I appreciate <laughs> it. For, for those of you watching, uh, sorry, for those of you watching and yeah. those of you, uh, I was supposed to say, listening on our audio version, uh, Ray Ray is wearing a, a very special but creative Chicago Blackhawks uh, t-shirt. Uh, tell us uh, what inspired you to purchase that shirt, besides being a Hawks fan, of course. Well, I'm always looking for cool Hawks gear that isn't so sporty that I could wear in my everyday life and mm -hmm. be a little more hip and cool. And uh, this is designed by Line Change Company, and it's actually sold by the Chicago Blackhawks at the Chicago Blackhawks store. Nice. Um, but it's designed okay. by um, hockey wives Angela Price and Julie Petrie, two of the wives of the Montre Montreal Canadiens, which we will get Montreal. into. Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> uh, but they design these like incredible lines, and for and they've actually launched a couple other teams so if people listening aren't just Blackhawks fans even though they should be Blackhawks fans they have a couple of uh, lines coming out so I bought like almost everything she had because I just loved it very nice and I had to wear it here with you guys are you kidding of course of, <laughs> of course, course of course absolutely 
All right. So we got a lot to get to with you, Rachel. So let's start with this. What What have you thought of, you know, the Stanley Cup final so far? For those of you who have not been watching or haven't been following, it is the Montreal Canadiens against the Tampa, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champs. And I know it's weird because of the way the setup, because both these are supposed to be Eastern Conference team, but, you know, because of realignment and whatnot. But, you know, t- as of right now, Tampa is up to nothing. So, what do, you th- what do you think about the series so far? And do you think Montreal can catch up? They've been very resilient these whole playoffs. I want in the depths of my heart for Montreal to catch up and to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning for a reason I can't explain. I, I have nothing against <laughs> Tampa, but I just, I love cheering for an underdog because they were so overlooked and doubted the Montreal Canadiens all season and yeah. all through the playoffs even. I love that even more. And I love Carey Price and I want him to get a cup. I love the young kids. I love watching Cole Call as as some new ESPN broadcasters say Caulfield, which is not his name. No. Call Caulfield. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> again, I should be on ESPN instead of that person who was on there. But anyway, Cole Caulfield, <laughs> Nick Suzuki, and Tyler Toffoli, formerly of the Kings. It's just fun to watch. And then they've got those awesome veterans like Shea Weber um, and Jeff Petrie and, and um, Corey Perry. Some people hate him, but either way, it's good hockey. They've got a good system <laughs> happening. Their coach was in quarantine over the last 14 days. He'll be back tonight, game three in Canada. And I think in game two that Montreal, I think they had more shots on goal than the Lightning. They just weren't going in. They had all the opportunities. They were making all the right plays. And the luck of the puck, as I like to call it, just wasn't in their favor. And I don't know if they're going to they're gonna be able to win the next four. They'd have to win four, you know, they have to win the next four. It's so mm-hmm. hard to come back from a deficit of two and oh in this in a series. I think maybe it's been done before. I think our Blackhawks have had a similar situation, right? When we played. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think so. Maybe yeah. not in the final, but in the semifinals or the conference finals. But um, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling that they're not going to do it. Mm. That's just how I feel, and I don't like it. I hate seeing it, <laughs> but I hope that they make the rest of the series interesting. That's all I hope for. Speaking of the Canadian's opponent, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Lightning we talked about before we started recording that uh, they have better success uh, um, since uh, – um, they lost to the Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup final six years ago. I still can't believe it. That, that that's, we'll get into the Blackhawks later. But uh, maybe I'm out of pocket for saying this, Rachel. Hmm. Um, even though I follow the game of hockey, I know you follow it closely as well. Maybe you could say, uh, say you've been out of whack. But I know that uh, Steven Stamkos won his first title last year in the bubble against Dallas. Uh, it looks like they may be on their way to winning back-to-back. Can the hockey world finally start to give this guy his props? <laughs> or maybe I'm just out of my mind. Who, Stamkos? Stamkos, yeah. Who isn't giving him props? The hockey world isn't? I, th- I think he's well-deserved and, and pretty talented, though very injury-prone in the last several years and has, 
you know, had some of that struggle, but I think he's very well deserving. Um, Stammer is an incredible player. Victor Hedman, my goodness, how many awards does that guy have from the NHL? Um, he could have won MVP uh, six years ago if they would have beaten the Hawks, yeah. but that's how good he that's is. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've got a stellar lineup, and this fun fact for you, Pat Maroon, who plays for the Lightning, he could be the first ever player to three-peat to win a Stanley Cup three years in a row, I think, since mm. – Oh, no, wait, there's a caveat. Since a bunch of the New York Islanders many moons ago when they won back-to-back, but of recent time, he, he, yeah. would, he would make that. But a lot of people also don't like Pat Maroon, but I'm here yeah. for it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what hockey's about, right? You've got yeah, your, yeah. your tough guys and you know you love to have them on your team, but you don't want to play against them. Yeah, I mean, I, I find this interesting that these are the tale of two different teams. I mean, you got the, you know, the, yeah. the Lightning who, you know, who are the Stephanie champs. And I know people want to, oh, they're playing the bubble. There should be an asterisk. But they're, they're showing you that, yeah, maybe it wasn't a fluke last year. They've actually been pretty dominant. They've been close a couple of times. And also, too, I mean, the Canadians, I mean, it's been, what, since the early 90s they've even gotten this far? 93. So, 93 since they won. I but, know. yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Yeah, so sad warfare. Dennis Savard, who was oh, hurt, he got his yeah, championship ring <laughs> in a yes. suit. <laughs> but finally, yeah, but he finally got his ring finally, though. So let's, let's not don't, yeah. don't take that away from him. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Price has been really good, but it's just that I, I just kind of feel that you know I think the Canadians, I think I think they can do it, but they need to be more aggressive, and I think that's kind of been the problem. You know, these first couple of games. Yeah, they're missing that grit, that grind. And that's something that I think Tampa's done really well over the last several years of adjusting. And you can just see it in them, in their passion and their fight and their like resilience on the ice to just keep going. And I think the Canadians need a little bit more of that. But also on the same hand, like they haven't played with fans up until recently and they've only got 4,000 fans. And I think that plays a huge difference in, in that atmosphere too. And in that building, when at Bell center, when fans are in there, it's a totally different environment. And I think also not having their coach for the last couple of games been like actually behind the bench. I know they're, they're talking on zoom and stuff in the locker room, but I just think it's, it's a different experience and it's just a little bit harder and They've got to really bring it. They've got to bring that that fire. Though they have been bringing the intimidation factor because three of them have had bloodied faces and <laughs> over the last playoffs. And I mean, they're bringing it, but it's it's just not enough yet. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We talked to our good friend, Chicago's very own, Miss Rachel Kopchek, the host of the House of Hockey podcast. Rachel, mm-hmm. as you talked about just a moment ago, the fans were allowed back into the, these arenas. And that's what makes the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs so special. Me personally, I haven't had a chance to watch many other games. I watched the condensed versions of these games. You can mm-hmm. tell that the crowds have been huge, especially when Vegas was in there and, and with the New York Islanders. I know this is one of the teams that you like. Of course, they've been playing in the Nassau College, it seems like, for the 25th time. <laughs> and for, they, they just won't let their building go. But, but what teams uh, uh, surprised you both uh, in a positive sense and a negative sense uh, throughout these um, 
playoffs in, in a strange uh, condensing, condensing year. Yeah, I definitely was rooting for the Islanders. I, I just have a soft spot for them in my heart after spending some time on the island and meeting the fans. Mm-hmm. And that fan base is so special. Just ignore the fact that they threw beer cans on the ice. That was just the Long Island way of celebrating. So if you saw that footage, the Twitter was all up in arms. And I was like, oh my God, get over it. Okay. There's like, we threw catfish on the ice and octopus and rats. So like, get over it. What's the difference with beer cans? You guys like calm down. But anyway, (laughs) I was, I was really hoping that they would be because you could see the passion that was a team that had that passion on the ice. If you watched any of the Islanders games throughout the playoffs, you could see that. And I think that's what I'm talking about. If you can c- compare that passion, that physicalness, um, obviously the Canadians are passionate and they want to win, but it, it, you could really see it on the ice. I'm a little disappointed in Vegas and I know so many hockey yeah, fans. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. But why do people hate Vegas and the hashtag anybody but anyone but Vegas? I'm like, what do you guys have against them? <laughs> They're a great team. How can you not love that team? That that building, the the like the Vegas vibe, the glitter, the the whole thing, and plus all of those players have such a personality on the team. I think they're an awesome team. And I don't hate Vegas and I was really rooting for them, but it was the Mark Stone show. And he, like, they were struggling with their offense. They could not get it together. I know they had a couple of players out with injury, but um, I was really sad to see them not advance. And then who am I missing? Hold on. I got to look at my, it feels like forever ago now. (laughs) Looking back. Boston, Boston, I thought at the end of the season, Boston had really come together with Taylor Hall, that recent acquirement, and he really found his home and was on fire. And I thought they could have gone a little bit further. And then I was also, I really wish that uh, the Florida Panthers hadn't been paired up with the Tampa Bay Lightning in that first round, because I think that they could have gone further just but the way the league was restructured. I called it about the Colorado Avalanche that they <laughs> wouldn't get anywhere near the conference finals, which is being called the semifinals this year, or the Stanley Cup final. The President's Trophy doesn't mean anything if you have the best record in the league, and Tampa can tell you that because they know what that's like. I don't get it with the Avs. They don't do it for me. I don't think they have that it factor. They've got incredible talent, but you, but you end up with, they're like the Oilers when people are like, yeah, yeah, but McDavid, and he won like two awards, but like, (laughs) yeah, the biggest award is the Stanley Cup and you alone on that team are, isn't ever going to get you a Stanley Cup. And I don't think they play this game to not try to win the Stanley Cup. Like all the heart trophies and everything are real nice, but like, really? So when people are like the Oilers, the Oilers, Big David, I'm like, oh my God, please stop. Please stop. He's on the wrong team and he doesn't have the support around him. Period. The end, in my opinion. Before I get, kick it back to Lakeen, I think the main reason, the, the real reason, right, that people are jealous of Vegas because they made it to the Stanley Cup final their first year. Yep. You know, before yeah, they lost that, to Ovechkin of the Capitals. But I they, think that's the, the real reason why. 
Well, and the league did that on purpose. So those are people mm -hmm. who aren't real fans or don't know anything because they did not want to have the expansion teams of this recent years mm -hmm. to be stuck at the bottom because that doesn't help the franchise grow in any way, shape or form. I don't think the league expected them to be that to go that far. Mm -hmm. um, but to be in playoff contention for these first few years is huge for the league, huge for the sport, and it's only mm -hmm. going to help it grow and keep the franchise alive, which is what's going to happen to Seattle this fall. So get ready. Get ready, Twitter. <laughs> get ready, you fake hockey fans. Because <laughs> Seattle about to be in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs next year. So get ready, you know? <laughs> well, That's well, how it goes. Well, I want to bring that up with you, Rachel. I mean, of course, you know, Mark Archer fully won the gold best goal tender the Vizino Award. Um, mm -hmm. but 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 I mean, I think also the fact that it is Vegas, you know, Vegas and hockey doesn't don't mesh well together. I've been hearing that for all these years now. So I think that's probably another reason for the hate. Now, Seattle is different because, you know, in the Pacific Northwest and, mm -hmm. and everything. So I think that might be more of a natural fit, you know, with hockey, even though you would think it wouldn't be, but the Kraken, as they're called. So it's going to be interesting to see. Hi, Kraken. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Part of my Terry Boars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, that's actually pretty good, actually. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, how, they, how they set this team up because, I mean, it's sort of like I think you know Seattle. You know I think people say Seattle if you know they have a hockey team now, but they don't have an NBA team. That's another. That's a whole another uh, story there, right, Sid? But uh, mm -hmm. you know they got David Hextall you know, as their first coach. It's gonna be interesting to see how they build this franchise. So wh where do you see Seattle maybe within the next I guess what three to five years? I think they're gonna be in playoff contention every single year, if not it wild card or. Um, they're going to be performing really well because the the way the draft is set up, the way that the NHL and the organization like work is so that they can be successful. I think the fan base in Seattle is just eager to get on board. Mm -hmm. They are all like behind this, just like the city of Vegas was. That's what I have to say about the last thought I'll say about Vegas is that if you go to Vegas and you go to a Golden Knights game, you will be floored at the knowledge of the fan base and the devotion to the team. And just because it's the desert, that city is so happy to have a team that was born there and that's their own. And they take such pride in that, like the people, the people of Vegas. So just go, go and visit now that we can travel again. If you're feeling safe, go get yourself a ticket to a golden Knights game. You will, you will see the difference. And I am, I think Seattle is and the, and the Kraken are going to perform very well. I'm just anxiously awaiting for the expansion draft. I can't wait to see who they end up getting. It's going to be like the Vegas expansion draft all over again. Like you were just saying, Lakina, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, he was a legendary Pittsburgh penguin. The Penguin fan base was shook. They were like, oh, we're losing Mark Andre. <laughs> like, I mean, tears and sadness and like this whole, so like this is going to happen again. Maybe not to Pittsburgh, but this is how it works. They get the opportunity to have top players from 
the different teams in the league and it sets them up for success though just you can't just have the good players you've got to have that special magic camaraderie sauce and the coach has to be able to bring all those people together that are going to be coming from all over and hopefully that will they will be just as successful as Vegas was because honestly you you want them to succeed if you're a hockey fan because if they don't, it only hurts the sport long-term. So you should want them to succeed. You don't have to want them to win the Stanley Cup, but you have to want them to do well <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's good for the sport. And you get to travel yeah. to Seattle and like go watch a hockey game. How cool, you know? I mean, I fully intend to go to Seattle and see one of the games in the inaugural season. I did it for Vegas. It was very high on my list. I was like, I have to go and see. I don't care what game. I want to see an inaugural season game in their barn and, and get a feel for it. So, You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. We're talking to a friend of the show, Chicago's very own Miss Rachel Kopchak. She's the, host of the co-host of the House of Hockey podcast. Rachel, I'll be honest here. I think I told Lakina this on or off mic. I'm not sure. But whenever that last game is or the Stanley Cup final, it's going to be a, a end of an era for the NHL and NBC. Of course, I'm like everybody else. I'm waiting for uh, the return of the NHL to ESPN starting September for next year in the fall. Of course, uh, Turner Sports is in and on it as well, the NHL and TNT. Of course, uh, the Winter Classic will be back next year. I believe it's St. Louis versus Minnesota. And they'll be on exclusively on TNT now. No free television, folks. So you had to get cable or streaming, however you uh, watch your games. And, of course, yeah, TNT and ESPN will be uh, uh, starting the new era of hockey starting this fall. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, I literally, before I ask this question, I just want to say this. I think I told Lakini this on or off mic, I'm not sure. But whenever their last game is for NBC, I hope, first of all, I hope they do a montage. Because uh, if they do, they'll uh, feature, of course, the recently retired of uh, Doc Embrick. Of course, they'll sh- they better show the three Stanley Cups for the Chicago Blackhawks. I'll have a couple of tears in my eye. So <laughs> I'll have a couple are. of tears in my eye. Yeah. But, but for good and for bad, we'll get to the bad later. But <laughs> I'll have a couple of tears in my eye. But I'm really looking forward to how ESPN does it start starting in, in the fall. And they better at least for the first year, maybe not next year, but at least for the first year, bring back the old music. Please bring back the old music because yes. I don't know if you guys remember, but I remember watching uh, uh, ESPN when they had the NHL on the first time. And this was, of course, uh, the uh, the era after Michael Jordan retired from the Bulls. They bumped some NBA playoff games. I know this for a fact because I was in college watching the late editions of Sports Center. They bumped some outside of the Lakers and Philadelphia with Iverson. They bumped some other NBA playoff games till later because they covered uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. And so, you know, with that network, they covered those uh, uh, playoff games they aired first in that first Black Ops Sports Center. I'm just interested to see how ESPN covers this next year. They better bring that music back for at least the first season. Mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on it. I sure hope they do too. And I hope they bring back those incredible commercials with the hockey players. Yes. Um, I know there was like people were resharing those when this news came out and there's a huge lineup of big hockey names being Mm -hmm. tapped to join the broadcasting panel in some capacity, which I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm really interested to see how Wayne Gretzky does. Um, I think he's for with Turner sports. Yes. Yes. Um, He's going to be doing, I just don't, 
know him for the personality. I don't think a lot of people know him for his personality, mm -hmm. right? We know him for his skill and his greatness. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm intrigued to see how this all plays out. <laughs> like they've got big money, big hockey names, big legends. I think Chris Chelios has been tapped to be involved yep. in some capacity. Yeah, he's on ESPN. I think his daughter's covering the lining, I believe. She's in the yes. business already. Yes. Yeah, does, Haley. Yeah, does a great job. And she's been tapped by ESPN as well. Like, I would love okay. to see that show. Like, I want to see father-daughter, like, in some capacity, you know, who knows. But I the do. The my first take uh, is Stephen A. Smith yelling at him for no reason. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> Chris Chelios is just going to. Chris Chelios is going to walk over and go, shut up. And he's just going to throw right hook and be Yeah, I'll say he might. He might look. He might punch him. Who knows? I mean, we know that you know if, if he if you push the right buttons, I'm sure Chelsea's gonna deck him. You know, look, Leah Hextall, who has done a great job. You know, she's been covering hockey for 17 years. That's Ron's. I believe that Ron's uh, is that's his niece. I think I believe if I'm not mistaken. So, but she's been, but she is in her blood. So, you know, she's been covering hockey for 17 years. She's gonna be calling some games. Kevin Weeks gonna be doing some mm -hmm. studio and game work. So, the, look, I mean, the lineup looks pretty diverse. I know some people are saying that maybe Gary Thorne should have been, you know, up in there, but I think they wanted to go a little bit younger. You know, Sean Madetta did some hockey for, you know, for a little bit. So, it, it's not, but, I don't have a, what, what, go ahead, Rachel. I'm sorry. But here's my biggest concern Where is Patrick Sharp? Where is our Sharpie going to land? I need to see that beautiful <laughs> face and that beautiful hair and the excellent feedback he has on TV. Somebody better pick that boy up. I'm going to be really mad if Sharpie isn't back somewhere. <laughs> also, too, let's give ESPN credit. They did pick up Steve Levy. I know he's the current vo voice for college football and Monday Night Football, so I'm glad they brought him back. And John Butchgrass, I know he's yes. been campaigning for a long time <laughs> yes. to, for the ESPN and NHL to get back together. Mm -hmm. He's going to be calling some games of, as well. I don't know who's going to be the number one team over there, but it better be him and Kevin Weeks. I know they did some tournament games on that network, and of course, uh, uh, outside of college as well, a couple years ago. So hopefully that's the number one team. I think it's a welcome change. I think the hockey community of fans, the fan base has changed. The game has changed so much in such a short period of time, just with even technology and the way we watch games and how we interact and this younger base of fans, as well as the older generation, it's, it's all kind of changed and shifted. And I think we're all looking for new voices. We want to hear people talk about the game a little bit differently, but we still need a lot of that constant, right, that we're used to, like from Eddie Olchek and, and you know, Catherine Tappan and Patrick Sharp. And, you know, I want to, I want to still have that core, but I think Bucci's going to offer a different perspective and having some of these veteran star hockey players come on and talk is also going to give us a different insight especially on like the game is different from how they played it it's still obviously the same at the core but to be able to analyze mm -hmm. it and talk about it from their perspective of how it's it's changed i think it's going to be interesting to hear and then okay guys i'm like officially old but the the nhl announced <laughs> some tiktoker or something who's now the voice of the fans what is this kid's name I, I, don't 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 look i'm not a, i've never used tiktok so i i can't tell you <laughs> you guys i was like i don't Me even three. know 
I was like, they per somebody performed at the at the lightning game the other day that was like 24 golden or something. I was like, I don't even know who these people are. They have gone way too far <laughs> to the younger generation. Like, I don't know who these, I've never even heard of this person. And they've hired some TikToker or something to be an analyst and to be the voice of the fans. And I was like, excuse me. Hello, I'm right here. I'm right here. I don't know who the hell that guy is. Um, he's not the voice of hockey fans. I've never heard of him and I'm a hockey fan. So try again. Um, but like, I don't, I don't want to see Sidney Crosby doing some TikTok video. That's all oh, I know. God. So like, <laughs> don't make Chris Shelley, Chris, hockey players aren't going to stand for that kind of bull. Like they're going to be like, no. I mean, they'll do some stuff because they're fun, but like, mm -hmm. like ask Chris Chelios to do the, whatever the latest trend is. He's going to be like, no, <laughs> shut up. You'll look like you're crazy. He's going to look at him no. like he's nuts. No. Yeah. No. Like sit down. We're not doing that. I'm, I'm here to talk hockey. Get out of my face with that thing. You know? <laughs> purge, purge. Let it out. Let it out. Oh, I know. I got to let it out. I was so mad. I can't even remember the kid's name. I'm like, I, I'm sure you're great at what you do, but like, just leave hockey alone. Leave us alone. We don't need you and your nonsense. And these like musicians I have literally never heard of, you know, just, <laughs> Well, well, it's going to be interesting how they set up all this, you know, both ESPN and Turner, because you've got, like you said, with uh, Wayne Gretzky, we don't really know him to have this, you know, big, vibrant personality. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does with, you know, doing studio work. So I, we'll see. Well, we'll see who, who else, you know, Turner adds, but I think that's going to be the interesting part. I mean, oh, Messi has got, got a great personality. He did, he did some team work for the Rangers for a little bit. So you know, I'm looking forward to see what, what he, what he does, you know, him and, you know, Chileos are probably going, going at it too. So I'm like, I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah. That for sure is going to be happening. And I'm looking forward to that. Oh, here's this kid's name, Richards, social media star, quote, <laughs> stoked to help the NHL grow their audience. Get out of here with that. I can't. <laughs> Josh Richards. What? You're stoked? Who's your NHL team? I never heard of you before. I never seen your videos. Like what, 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 what? No, no, sorry. I'm done. I'll be nice. Now. <laughs> It'll be nice. <laughs> She'll be nice. <laughs> Go ahead, Sid. <laughs> uh, continuing with our uh, interview with Rachel Kopchak, co-host of the House of Hockey podcast, right here on the 4th of July weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I ain't Sydney Brown, that's me. Okay, Rachel, we're going to go around the world like a soap opera, like uh, talking about the Chicago Blackhawks, of course. Jonathan Taves earlier this week announced that he's coming back for the 21-22 season. He's been battling this chronic, uh, I'm not going to say illness, but but he's been battling some health issues over the past year. Of course, you got the stuff off the ice with the – uh, with the former video coach. And, of course, you have Pat Foley, the legendary TV voice uh, that is going to, quote, unquote, retire at the end of the uh, this upcoming next season. Uh, I'll, uh, you can pick any of those three topics, uh, Rachel. I'll, uh, I'll let you kick it off. We'll, we'll, you know how we do it. We go around the world and then so. So mm -hmm. where, which one of those three subjects you want to start off first? Go right ahead. Oh, Captain, my Captain, Jonathan Taze. Let's start with him because I have to say I breathed a huge sigh of relief when he posted that video and addressed that he was dealing with a chronic immune response syndrome, which 
I mean, from the way he explained it is basically um, his body was just under a constant state of fight and flight and couldn't heal and was in a lot of pain and needed to take some time off to recover. And I, I think this was the perfect time for him to do that on this shortened COVID season and to get better. And hopefully we can really see that Kane Tay's power play magic that happens coming this fall. And I am glad he's okay. I'm glad it wasn't concussion protocol or any kind of like super serious physical ailment. Um, I want to see him in that red jersey back at the United Center. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very happy about that. Um, Let's talk about the lighter subject and then we'll get to the heavier subject. So, (laughs) well, I guess Pat Foley is still kind of a heavy subject, but I read some kind of tweet, I think from one of those barstool guys that said that the organization was basically pushing him out. So, I mean, that's there. They said that they, you know, had it on good authority from multiple sources, though I haven't done my own research. So I'm just reiterating what I've read. Mm-hmm. I think it's sad. I think, you know, we love to hear the voices that we've grown up with listening call the games. And mm-hmm. I, I, I guess there's change, change happens, things happen, people retire and move on. Hey, maybe he's going to ESPN or Turner Sports. So who knows? But, <laughs> you know, you never know. Somebody could pick him up or he might just actually be retiring. So I'm a little sad about that. And then the lawsuit, I mean, what what do do we even say about this? So what's the coach's name again? The former coach of the Blackhawks, the video, he was a video coach, right? Yeah, Yeah, Aldrich. uh, Brett Aldrich, I think that's his name. Yeah. I believe, yeah. That's okay. I was like thinking Brett Kavanaugh and I was like, oh no, that's a little bit of a different person. But so he, yeah, I guess the, the original article I read when the lawsuit from the unnamed Chicago Blackhawks player from that was what the 2013 team, 2010, 2010. the 2010. 2010. Yeah. Uh, Bradley, Bradley Aldridge. I just, I just retired. Bradley Aldridge. That's his name. That's the video coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean the, the claims of what he was saying, uh, the, that the unnamed player was saying about the sexual harassment and, and sort of like really just basically threatening his hockey career, uh, for sexual favors and things like that. I, I don't support any of that. And it's so shocking to see this happening at such a well-known respected organization like the Blackhawks. And, I mean, I know he was no longer part of the team for very like long. He was he moved on, and I'm glad there's a separate investigation going on to find out like really what happened and what's going on. But you never want to hear something like this, and it doesn't just happen to women. It happens to men. It happens to anybody in in a position of power, as we're now seeing. I hate that it's you know happening to our team, and that this is the the headlines that are coming out about the Blackhawks. But it happened, and we have to fix it. And we can't let this happen to future generations. Like this shouldn't be happening to anybody. Period. You know. So, and I get the 
part about the player obviously not wanting to come forward because what if he's still playing? We don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. We he doesn't want to live his life forever known as as that player who, you know, this happened to. We mm-hmm. we don't want to hear that, and we and uh, like he doesn't want to deal with that. I mean, obviously we want to hear about it and and what happened, and we don't want this to continue. So I'm glad that he spoke out, but. Oh, that's a huge burden to have on you. And I just hope this isn't happening across the sport, which I'm sure there's been other instances and I'm sure in the other systems, but I feel like if we take care of it and kudos to him for bringing it to light so that hopefully this isn't happening elsewhere and it was an isolated incident. Myself, along with Lakina, we refrain from talking about this only because uh, this story is just uh, gaining traction that of, yeah. over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I'll just say this, like I said, uh, this is not the end of it. This is only the beginning. But I'll say this, if any of this stuff is true, mm-hmm. you know, whoever knew about it, and there's been stories over the last few days saying that the, uh, the people in higher-ups knew about it, if that's, if that's the case, they all should be gone. I, I I thought about this the other day, and I actually told this to somebody the other day. And remember, about this time last year before uh, the playoffs started, uh, John McDonough was gone, uh, was fired right. from the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. And I said, could that – could that? I'm not saying it is for sure because I don't know, but could that have a connection to what's going on right now? Because if everybody knew, assuming that it's true, once again, assuming that it's true, everybody should be – punished to the fullest extent of the law along with losing their jobs if that means we get rid of stan bowman i'm fine with it <laughs> like <laughs> i mean i don't mean to mm-hmm. make light of the of this situation mm-hmm. but like i mean if th- this this is all on st- on stan in, in my opinion then wasn't he there in 2010 yes yeah that was yes, his first yes. year on the job right yep. I mean, and, and I, I mean, I'm one to sort of, uh, I don't think, I don't think they're connected. I know that's, that's a possibility, but I don't think that has much to do with it. I think, I think I'm sure a lot of people knew what was the details again? Was he let go that season? He didn't go beyond 2010, right? Like that 2010 season. The, oh, the, the, coach, the coach, no. the coach, no, yeah. the, I think the so, story, yeah, the story was that he left after that particular season. Apparently okay. there's some players have been on record. I, I know Brent Sopel's been on record saying that, you know, he was told about it. A couple other players from that 2010 team said that they were told, mm-hmm. although they're not on record, you know, name, you know, name names, they're not being, you know, they're not, you know, right. anon- they're anonymously, I should say. So, yeah, so there's definitely been, you know, definitely someone knew something. Well, that is the only thing that makes me feel better about this is that he didn't stay beyond that time of when the incident was reported. So that makes me feel like the the powers that be were told about it in some capacity and that guy is no longer part of the organization. So I think that speaks volumes and I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. I mean, what else, you know, do you have to talk about it publicly? Though I do think there is a responsibility of the Chicago Blackhawks organization, if they did know about this, to say something to that guy, that video coach, to his 
former future employers because he's now he was i think i read that he was working at a university yeah, which university is even Dame. more ter- yeah. even more terrifying mm-hmm. um so why that coach is still working is an issue and i mean i think that the blackhawks organization has a responsibility to the youth to pass on that information in some capacity to protect future players from being subjected to somebody like that. And also to apparently, I guess, you know, John John Tortello, who was the assistant coach at the time for the Hawks, apparently he also knew. So like I said, somebody knew something, but look, look, we don't really know what, what else, you know, because they're doing an investigation and and such. We'll learn more. Yeah. So we'll Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll learn more. We'll see. Yeah, I'm just glad he didn't stay on beyond that. I think, again, that's all we can really... He left, whether or not of his own accord, you know, you know, we can spin these things to however we need to, right? Like, did he quit? Did he leave? Was he fired? Doesn't matter. He was no longer part of the team. And I'm glad, like, how long did it go on? He was only there for like a year, right? One season? Mm-hmm. The video coach? Yep. I believe so. It's yep. not like he was there for years and this was going on and, 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 you know, it was being allowed beyond an extended period of time. So I take um, a little bit of, of relief in knowing that. All right. We're headed down the home stretch with Rachel Kopchak, the co-host of the House of Hockey podcast right here on Sega City Sports, along with, with Akina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Let's turn it back over to the fun side, Rachel. You know how we do. Uh, we also talked about this before we started recording. Uh, you recently became a, a movie star, a movie star <laughs> for an independent film. I saw some of your highlights on your Instagram page. You can follow her on Lady on TV and uh, The Hockey Lady. She has She's not only one, but two Instagram accounts. She's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. We mean good, mini, bad, bad, mini, go. That's what I mean by that. But, like uh, but uh, you were in an independent film recently. Uh, talk to us about that. How did you get the role? Yeah, guys. A movie star. That's hysterical. Yeah. Um, you know, I dabble in the I dabble in the arts. And I... <laughs> <laughs> So last fall, I was asked to play a reporter because I am really a reporter and a host um, by trade. And I was asked to play a reporter in an independent film that was being shot through a friend of mine, a, a business colleague friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the video, the DP, the you know um, director on the film and was like, oh, I know the perfect person. She's really a reporter. She can do this part of you know two paragraphs of dialogue. So I did that and the person I was acting with in the film He's also a filmmaker and he came up with this uh, video short, this short film, uh, and it's called, I think, Family Affairs. It's not out or anything. I I, I don't know where he's going to distribute it, but he was like, Rachel, I have the perfect role for you. It's a... (laughs) Italian upper middle class mafia girlfriend. And I was like, (laughs) done, sign me up. Where do I, what are we doing? I get to bicker with you and, and, and uh, have fun. And, and we got to shred a fake dead body at the dump in a wood chipper, which Mm -hmm. was 
pretty cool. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's been fun and doing hosting and traveling for that's been great. And I'm glad the world's, um, you know, opening back up again and, and getting to be around people. And hopefully that means I'll get to resume some of my hockey fan video series now that fans are back around and it's not so scary to um, approach people again and, and talk to them. Mm. Okay, so um, what, do you, what do you think this status is for? Let, let's talk about the Hawks and the, and the good side for yeah. a second. So what do you, what do you think of their, their prospects for next year? Do you think, can they kind of compete in, you know, for a playoff spot? Do you think there's, you know, the future, especially with Taser coming back? Oh, gosh, I, I just... I always, I'm laughing because this is just how it is, right? As a fan, mm -hmm. I want that to be the case. And I'm going to go into October with the best outlook as possible. I'm super glad Taze is back. I think that Doc got to have a lot of, Kirby Doc got to have a lot of practice and ice time in the big leagues and work out some of those kinks. Caner's better than he's ever been. Um, the goaltending, I think that's really not the problem. We've got 500 goalies on the roster that are all skilled. I think it's more of just the, the, the lines, the offensive lines playing well together and the defensive lines getting stronger because we've really got to work on that. You can't just have Duncan Keith back there coaching these newer players. So I think this was a good season for them, the Blackhawks in general, to explore that. And I think we saw the potential. I mean, they were in the race for a potential wildcard spot this season. So I think that says a lot. I think there's the right pieces. I don't think all the pieces are working together yet. And I want to see the best hockey from Kane and Taze while we still have them in, in the red and the, the chief head jersey, you know? Yeah, before we move on, of course, you know, the, this, uh, I, I said this uh, throughout the offseason, the, the Hawks need a young veteran defenseman. And I think Dougie Hamilton's name has been brought up. Of course, Seth Jones, the, uh, his father's a former NBA player, Popeye Jones, of course. Uh, his name's been brought up. Of course, Duncan Keith, the tweet came out early this week from Elliot Freeman mm -hmm. from Hockey Night in Canada saying that the Hawks are uh, looking to shop Duncan Keith. Of course, you know the error is over then. Uh, he's still good, but, you know, he's already he's up there in age. And Adam Boquist, who I, I have high hopes for, he could be on the move as well. So, I think the future is bright for the Hawks. I think they can make the playoffs. Stanley Cup, I'm not so sure. I'm not going to put my eggs in that basket yet. Can they sneak into the playoffs? Yes. They still have a lot of young time. We saw that this year. We saw that played played without Jonathan Taves. And let's not forget, guys, it was a different um, realignment this year yeah. because the Hawks played a whole lot of bunch of Eastern Conference teams, Tampa, Florida, and they don't match up well against those teams. You know, they struggled against those teams. They're obviously they're Western Conference. Why are they not uh, in the Eastern Conference with the rest of the original six? I'll never know. Commissioner Gary Bettman. So I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna keep the language clean for this one. I don't like him as a commissioner, but we'll leave that alone. But but uh, the the Hawks are are, are uh, they're uh, I believe a team on the rise. They can sneak into the playoffs next year. Hopefully things get back to normal in terms of the schedule, but. Mm -hmm. I, 
uh, they had a tough schedule last year, and, and I'm proud of them for what they did last year, even though they were a young team. I told Lakina, Lakina, you remember this before the season started. Uh, I know you had your fear of they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I said, I leave did. that to the Kings. I, yes. I said, leave that to the L.A. Kings. Leave it to the Detroit <laughs> Dead Wings. That's right. I said it. <laughs> leave it to the Detroit Red Wings and leave it to a couple other teams, too. I said, the Hawks team, uh, they may sneak into the playoffs. Of course, we found out Taylor Russell is going to play. But I uh, said so the Hawks, they'll be mediocre at best, but they're not going to be one of the worst teams in hockey. And, and thank goodness it did not turn out that way. It looked bad at times, but it didn't turn out that way. No, and, and, and look at Strom. Finally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Strom. Uh, I'm sorry. I was like running through the roster in my head, and I was like, that. yeah, he – no, 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 no. Debrinket, that's what I meant. Uh, Debrinket finally had an incredible offensive consistency that we got to see, and it didn't just come in spurts. And I think that is a huge part because he's on the line with Kane, mm-hmm. and Kane is grooming him and teaching him. And I think he's learned a lot, and I think that bodes well. Now, I mean, Debrinket's never going to be a Patrick Kane, but I think he could be a really good, you know, stellar player. Strom, on the other hand, is the one who I don't think did it nearly as well as he could have this season. And I'm still on the fence about some of these guys. They've really, like, Boquist, like, I do think he has it in him, but I don't think they're fine-tuned enough. Mm. And I like Gary Batman, mm-hmm. Gare Bear. Why don't you like him? I think he does a phenomenal job. I think he does a great job. I wasn't going to say anything, Sid, but I had to because I think he does a good job. I think we're good with expansions. No more. No more. I liked the realignment of the divisions. I thought it was fun. I thought it created more rivalries with the teams this year. It created a different thing for the fans to... um, to be watching and to see how their team compares to the other teams. And I think it's going to overall help the, help the league, but why don't you but like him? The, yeah. Here's the thing. Their marketing plan, whatever mar- plan oh, they yeah, call that's marketing. Horrible. That's why I don't like him. Okay. And here, here's the thing. When we talked about John Madonna earlier, if not anything else, you have to give him credit when he was with the black house. Of course he had his, uh, time with the Chicago Cubs previous that he brought the convention, yes. the fan convention to Chicago with the Cubs. Of course, he did it with the Blackhawks. I don't think they're going to have it this year, but hopefully they'll bring it back this time next year. But, you know, the, the, it's about marketing. Of course, it was perfect timing for the Blackhawks because they had young stars. The team was right. winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, of course, they were on a Tonight Show, speaking of that 2010 Stanley Cup year, they were on there during that season before they actually won the Cup. Uh, I said they had to do this on their own and without the back end of the commission. This makes no sense. I know before people yell at me, they're not on the level of the NFL, even though they had marketing issues too, but in terms of, of their personal <laughs> superstars. But yeah. they're not on the level of the NFL. They're not on the level of the NBA. They're but just I don't like want baseball. that to be. I don't want to see. You don't? No. I'm sorry. Patrick Kane should be marketed just as well as LeBron James. I'm sorry. He's one of the top players in the league. And he should be marketed. Here's the thing with the NBA players, whether we like it or not, they're in music videos of the fan bases of the types of music uh, uh, that the, their younger fan bases are listening to. Whether we like it or not, uh, like, like Michael it. Jordan, we talked about. I don't like Here's it. the thing. You got to market. You got to push yourself out there to uh, to different audiences that they'll attract you to your sport. 
We saw that with Michael Jordan in the 90s. He was in movies like Space Jam and all that. We've seen that little Brian James and younger stars like Damian Lillard. They're in areas where their fan base uh, watches stuff. And, and the, let's be honest, the hip-hop culture has taken over the NBA over the last 20, 25 years. I get that. If you're the NHL, you need to put uh, – I, I, I want to see stars like Jonathan Taze, Patrick King, some of the younger stars in movies that – you can attract the young fan base that, that are casually into hockey and say, hmm, I'm going to go watch that guy play. I know who he is. You got to put them in in other areas that will draw new fan base and interest to watch your sport. I agree with that last part of your sentence, but I don't agree that they should be in movies or music videos or anything like that. I, I, I like our sport. I like hockey the way it is. I like that it's a little under the radar. I like that the fan base is still really authentic. I don't want fake fans. I can tell you this right now. I don't want Drake on the sideline stomping his little foot at the players and like getting into <laughs> beef with, with fucking Jonathan Taze. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear or not, but like now you're getting me fired up. We'll give you the mug for that one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't, I don't want to see any of that. Go watch the NBA. I I'm, I'm fine. Like go watch the NBA. If that's the kind of, uh, off, off ice nonsense you want to see. I don't want any part of it. Like, I don't want any, any of that. And I think hockey fans would agree. Like they, that's not what this sport is about. It's about the game. It's about the players. It's about, you know, the traditions, the chanting, the cheers, the, the fighting, like keep all of that the same. I do think there could be a bigger audience and I do think they have to do a better job at reaching the younger audience to keep the sport they alive. They need it too. They, they do. do, but not that kid Tyler John or whatever I said his name was earlier. I agree with you on that. I bet I agree with like you on that. I, 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 whatever his name was, I can't even remember. But I think, I think yes and no. Like, I don't want this to turn into the NFL. I don't want this to turn into the NBA. Those, those can stay and be what they are. And you can sell out arenas and have nobody in the seats. Like, I don't want any part of that. I mean, I watch hockey because I want to be cheering and I want to be talking smack to the person next to me about our teams and, and like being in it. Um, so I disagree with you on some of that. <laughs> we agree to disagree. That's fine. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't want don't, to agree on everything. Okay. That's okay, okay. 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 We agree to disagree. Stand your ground. I still love you. Don't tell nobody that. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, Lord. I... Lakita, <laughs> first, what do you have to say? Our first public argument. Well, look, well, look, I, well, look, I, look, I said this before. Look I, th I, look, I think both of you have raised some good points. I mean, look, I think you can always, look, you can always do more to promote your athletes. I mean, NHL needs to do more now. I don't want Connor McDavid appearing in a Drake video. I, I don't want, no. you know, I don't think we want that. But, you know, look, I think people should know who these guys are. And I think it's unfortunate that in the NHL, it doesn't seem like it's like, like that it doesn't mm -mm. seem like it so that that's no my, that's sort of like my issue with the whole thing with how they're promoting their players but i mean it, it is what it is i mean maybe, maybe espn will do some different things you know maybe they'll mm -hmm. they'll have them on first take some of the hockey guys on first take on get up and those shows i'm sure you know on tnt they'll do some stuff too like maybe like inside the nhl or something like that to kind of help promote the sport so we'll see i mean it's going to be streaming too and some of the, the respective streaming services for both yeah. espn plus and turner i think turner has one too so I, i'm look, i'm sure they'll do more once especially now this seattle that's going to be a team that a lot of people are going to be you know getting their jerseys for so i'm, I'm 
look, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, but, but look, you both raised some really good points. I'm, I'm going to be Swiss for a second to stay neutral here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't I, see it in. <laughs> yes. I do. I do. You know, this is something I talk about with my co-host Breezy of the House of Hockey podcast all the time is that, and especially with our guests and, and players who've played in the past, it's such a team sport still hockey. Like it, it really legitimately is. We, you heard me talk about Connor McDavid and how you can't just be Connor McDavid and win a Stanley cup. You have to have a team. You have to have all these other special elements to take your team to win the hardest and most coveted and oldest trophy in all of sports, the Stanley cup. And I think that um, it's just, we need to still see a little bit more to be a little more invested in Connor McDavid. Like if I got to see a little bit more of him and his personality, I might not have such an aggressive reaction, you know, or like (laughs) Austin (laughs) Matthews, you know, I'm like, I can't with the like Justin Bieber and the bucket hats, you know? So, so you've got like this other side of it, right. Where, the older fans are going, what is, who's Justin Bieber? And why is this star player in Toronto getting paid millions of dollars to be seen out in the clubs, you know? And then like that sort of thing doesn't sit well with hockey fans. And it's also different because we have social media now and we can see all of this. Obviously hockey players in the seventies and eighties were out doing the exact same thing. Um, It's just a little bit different, but I would like to see a little bit more of their personalities because I think that hockey players have the best personalities of all of the athletes. They're some of the funniest guys. They're some of the easiest going, um, humble, people in in the professional sports world and i don't want to lose that which is why i i don't want to see like you said mcdavid in some kind of like new amsterdam vodka commercial like with a bunch of bitches around him you know like throwing back cocktails you know (laughs) like you know what i mean i mean i know that's really stereotypical but that's like that's just you know i don't want to see that Here's the thing. I had to, I had to make, give an extreme example. So <laughs> Be, uh, we, uh, we were spending the last uh, couple uh, winding down the home stretch with Rachel Kochek, a host of hockey, co-host of House of Hockey podcast right here on Second City Sports. Sydney and Lakina here with you. Before we move on to my next question, Rachel, you know, like those commercials by Doug, uh, not uh, Pastram, David Pastramic of, uh, of the Boston Brewers from a couple years ago with the Dunkin' Donuts. I believe Hash <laughs> yeah. are one of them as well. That, that's oh. what I'm talking about. You got to okay. expand your horizons. The Dunkin' Donuts commercials hit it out of the park, but Dunkin' Donuts I'm fine with. Like he's hysterical and he was the perfect person to put up there and to put up with, um, I'm blanking on her name, the blonde um, who works for the Blackhawks now, the, the hockey player, the fastest skater. Oh, Oh, Kendall Coyne. Kendall Coyne. Thank you. Mm. Woo. Um, I can like see her face. That I thought was (laughs) Those were hilarious mm-hmm. and like they played it perfectly and they were written perfectly for the hockey fan. Um, they weren't written for the non-hockey fan. And I don't know if any of those commercials aired not on NBC Sports or not within hockey play. Um, yeah. But that mm-hmm. commercial doesn't work playing in the non-hockey space, you know, so... Anyway, I love Pasternak. I think he's hysterical, but hearts <laughs> go out to him. He's had a, uh, had a loss recently. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, last couple of minutes with Rachel. Of course, Rachel, your other love. Uh, I know you're going to be following them pretty soon. Of course, I've been out to several games this year, and that's uh, yes. the Chicago White Sox. As of right now, they're in first place in the American League Central. Of course, many people think that this is the year to win the World Series. Of course, our manager, Julian LaRusso, coming out of retirement. Uh, a, a whole lot of bunch of injuries. Uh, of course, Elon Jimenez, he may be back soon. Luis Robert, who was injured early in the year. He may be back sometime later on this season. Uh, it's a mass unit over there on the south side right now, uh, Rachel. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you? I know you haven't been following as close as you want to. I know you're going to p- pick it up within the next week or so. But from your uh, far observations, uh, do mm-hmm. you have hope with this team uh, doing well in the playoffs this year? Yeah, always. I've always got hope in the, in the okay. White Sox. <laughs> I mean – Music to my ears, what you just said. First in the in the central, like yes, <laughs> what, what? How did that happen? And I love Coach Larusa. I think he's a pistol. Uh, he's he's exactly what you get all the time. He's exactly that personality, and I'm here for it. I'm here for that kind of old school coaching mentality. I haven't been watching, like I said, because I'm knee deep in, in all things hockey and, and playoffs, but I will start watching some of the games and, um, you know, I keep up with the headlines and you keep me updated, Sid, with the, you know, pictures and, and everything that's going on. So I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, I'm always here for, for the White Sox. I'm always rooting for them. I always want to see us go far and prove all of the like baseball fans wrong that we aren't a real baseball team. And I always say that Chicago White Sox are the only, it's the only place you go is to Comiskey Park is to watch real baseball in Chicago. Yes, she called it Comiskey. Yes. Always. (laughs) Yes. I don't even know what the hell it's called now. Is it Garrett? Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's like, no, it's Comiskey. It's Comiskey. It'll always be that to me. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I tell people all the time, you know, uh, I, I'll, first of all, I'm a, of course, I'm a fan. I call it what the hell I want to call it. The only thing, the two things that the White Sox get from me, my money and my beautiful butt in that seat. That is it. Outside of that, I could call it whatever the hell I want to call it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. See? 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 Oh, there gosh. it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, they've changed the name so many times. I'm just like, yes. you know what? It's a Comiskey. I'm not, I'm not calling it anything else. It'll always be that. <laughs> I hope that's what it still says on the L exit on the red line. <laughs> I think it just yeah. says, uh, yeah, Sox 35th now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all it is. They don't even know. Of course. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I think you've known this, Rachel. Of course, I, I, I ride the uh, Metro line, which is the, they call it the Rock Island line. Uh, they, have, they, they built the stop. This is a, now a decade ago. Uh, they have used, uh, the Metro line stop at 35th Lou Jones. So for the last decade, yours truly has not, I repeat, has not p- had to pay for the overpriced parking. And damn, I intend on keeping it that way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you can tailgate now. So that's kind of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Thank, yeah. Thank, good, yeah. thank goodness. You know, everything's starting to open up. So Rachel, last question for. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, last question for me. Um. You know, it's, it's sort of interesting that the you know, the NHL is sort of like, you know, right there in the, you know, no one's really talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think people are kind of starting to get into it, especially with the story with the Montreal Canadiens. Do you, do you think the Canadians, I know you, uh, you know, I might have missed it earlier when you said it, but do you think the Canadians can try to, you know, can catch up and win this series or you think it's going to be very hard for them to try to win four? I think it's going to be very, very, very hard. And I would be shocked if they do. 
unfortunately. I think they might win tonight. I think they might win game three. I'm going to put that prediction here right now. <laughs> but I think being back on home ice uh, in Montreal is going to be good for them. I think having their coach behind them again, I think they, they might win tonight. Are they going to win the Stanley Cup? I would be absolutely shocked. And I think Tampa would have to absolutely fall apart and not have the the luck and i mean anything can happen it is playoff hockey and we've seen it all happen but i don't think it will even though that's what i want to happen i can't those are two different things all right that was rachel kopchak chicago's very own she's the co-host of the house of hockey podcast P.S. My future ex-wife. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we we're think already this. got one argument uh, here about yeah. Gary Batman. There's plenty more to come. <laughs> we're adding yeah. them up. We're putting them on the list to head into divorce. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, she's that. the co-host of the House of Hockey podcast. You can find her, find uh, you can download that podcast wherever you can download your podcast. Uh, she's on social media via the Instagram at um, the Lady on TV and. I'm blanking out here now. I'm the starting to get lady. old. The hockey lady. Thank you. <laughs> lady on TV and the hockey lady. Rachel, stay right there. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay right there. Lakina, it's been another great episode of, of Second City Sports Weekend Edition for this 4th of July holiday. Do not do anything stupid. Enjoy your holiday. We can be safe uh, with your family, with your friends. Do not do too much uh, drinking and still stay distant. You know, uh, be, stay healthy. Be safe and don't do anything stupid. Lakina closes out. You follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Videos drop every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube. Once again, videos drop every Monday and Friday. Our audio version of this podcast is available at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R, on Anchor. And you go to our website, weareregalradio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, that W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, and we'd like to thank our guest once again, Miss Rachel Kopchak, friend of the show in Chicago's very own, for joining us here today. Make sure you go support her. If you don't, there's going to be problems, but we trust you guys that you're going to support her. She's passionate about hockey and the White Sox and everything else, so you go support her. For Rachel, for Lakina, I'm Sid. Happy Fourth of July uh, uh, holiday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll catch you back here next week on Second City Sports. Until then, till next time, holla! Enjoy the sports, everybody, and do not, you know, stay away from the fireworks, folks. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not, you know, we, 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 won't, we won't rehash anything, but be safe, okay? <laughs> well... <laughs>